So in the second year, we're coming closer to the end. In the second year of Pekah, the son of Remaliah, king of Israel, Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, began to reign. So Jotham's official reign was from 750 to 735 B.C. And he was a bright, light, a bright light, like I said, for Judah. Not like Josiah, of course. He was probably the brightest light. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, began to reign, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. This stands in strong contrast to the evil done by the previously mentioned kings of Israel. Among the kings of Judah, there were good and godly kings. The pattern is seen in both kingdoms of Israel and Judah, where the son reigns as his father had before him. While this is not predetermined, certainly this is a principle that shows us that a father has great influence on a son. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he concludes chapter 15 in the book of 2 Kings. Now the rest of the acts of Zechariah, indeed, they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel. Do we have that book in our Bible? The Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? We don't have it, do we? We don't. We have the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah. That's First and Second Chronicles, but we don't have the other one. But this was... The word of the Lord that he spoke to Yehu, verse 12. I had you star this verse for a reason. So this was the word of the Lord which he spake to Yehu, saying, Your son shall sit on your throne of Israel to the fourth generation. And so it was. Now, when did God say this to Yehu? Now, remember, this, this king, Zechariah, he was, of the, he was the, a, a king of Israel. And he was also of the dynasty of Yehu. So when did God speak to Yehu and tell him this? You might even have it in the margin of your Bible, 2 Kings chapter 10, verse 29 through 31. Let me read it to you. However, it says, Yehu did not turn away from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. That is, from the golden calves that were at Bethel and Dan, And then in verse 30 it says, And the Lord said to Yehu, Because you have done well in doing what was right in my sight, and have done to the house of Ahab all that was in my heart, your sons, notice God is saying, because you you didn't do everything right, and we find that that out later, and we already looked at that, you did some things right, and because of that I'm going to reward you. I'm going to allow your sons, your grandson, your great-grandson, to sit on the throne until the fourth generation. That's what he says. And it comes to pass, and we're reading it right now. But notice, in verse 31 of of, uh, 2 Kings 10 there, he says, But Yehu took no heed to walk in the law of God, the the Lord God of Israel, with all of his heart, for he did not depart 
from the sins of Jeroboam. And that's a really sad commentary, isn't it? When we just won't, we won't listen. But this was the fulfillment, this verse that we looked at back in our text now, back in verse 12, when this was the word of the Lord which he spoke to Yehu, saying, Your son shall sit on the throne to the fourth generation, and so it was. Um, on the screen, I've got this, uh, this diagram, and, and this is uh, an excerpt from one of these sheets that I have on the back counter there. But you can see on the left side, there is this uh, dynasty, uh, the fifth dynasty, right here on the, on the left-hand side. And Yehu was the, the father of it. And then he, he had a son, Jehoahaz, and then Jehoash, and then Jeroboam too, and then finally Zechariah. And that was the very last, Zechariah was the very last one of the fifth dynasty. So dynasties, the way they work, just in case you don't know, because it's not something we really talk about, a dynasty, it goes from a son, or from a father to a son, and then his son, and then his son. And, and that's a dynasty. It, 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 it's, 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 the succession is from, kit, from that line. But whenever that line is broken and then somebody else comes in and usurps the throne, then the dynasty is broken. And then whoever that usurper is, he has a son. And if his son sits on the throne, then that sets up a new dynasty. Follow me? And so there were nine such dynasties in Israel. But in the kingdom of Judah, there was only one dynasty because they were all succession of David, one dynasty, but in Israel. So this was the fulfillment of what the Lord had said to Yehu. Zechariah would end Yehu's dynasty, which was the fifth dynasty, as you see on the screen. And that ended in 752 B.C. And so verse 13, it says, Shalom, the son of Jabesh. Now there's going to start a new dynasty in Israel. The son of Jabesh, we don't know who he is, just some guy became king in the 39th year of Uzziah, king of Judah, and he reigned a full month in Samaria. Wow, only one month. And Shalom's reign was the sixth dynasty, as we can see in the uh, next slide. And it's there, you can see it highlighted there. The sixth dynasty. And it would start and end with him. And then in verse 14 it says, For Menahem, the son of Gadai, went up from Tirzah, came to Samaria, and struck Shalom, the son of Jabesh, in Samaria, and killed him, and reigned in his place. And so his dynasty ends because he didn't have any kids to set on the throne. And so his reign was over, his dynasty ended. But this place called Tirzah is, uh, is a place right to the uh, it, it's right in this area, like if you were looking at a map of Israel on the uh, west side of the Jordan, Tirzah used to be the capital of Israel back before it became Samaria. Uh, when Jeroboam started uh, his reign from the very beginning, his home was in Tirzah. But then after that, and not long after that, the capital changed to Samaria, which is really due west of Tirzah. And so just to kind of give you an idea of where that was. And so now the rest of the acts of Shalom and the conspiracy which he led, indeed, they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel. And then from Tirzah, Menahem attacked Tipsah, all who were there and its territory, because they did not surrender. Therefore he attacked it, and all the women there, or who were there with child, he ripped open. So a very brutal uh, man. 
And then in verse 17, it says, In the 39th year of Azariah, king of Judah, Menahem, the son of Gadai, became king over Israel, and he reigned 10 years in Samaria. And so he starts what we know as the seventh dynasty and, uh, in the northern kingdom, and his dynasty would last through Pekahiah, his son, and Menahem's reign uh, lasted from 752 to 742 B.C., uh, a period of 10 years. Very short time in relationship to some of the kings of Judah. And then in verse 18, it goes on, and notice what it says. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. And again, cut and paste. <laughs> he did not depart all of his days from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who had made Israel to sin. And then in verse 19, I had you circle that earlier because here we're going to see just a little foreshadowing of what God is going to do. He's going to bring this king from Assyria and the writing is starting to be written on the wall. So Pul, king of Assyria, came against the land and Menahem gave Pul a thousand talents of silver that his, right, or that his hand might be with him to strengthen and, uh, the kingdom under his control. Now this Pul, uh, his name, uh, he's really, this is Tiglath-Pileser III uh, from Assyria, the king of Assyria. So this is just another name for him, okay? So when you see Pul, um, that's what it means. And so in verse 29, remember I had you circle that verse too because it talks about Tiglath-Pileser III. He comes against Pekah, who was the eighth dynasty in Israel. And so the writing is on the wall. The, 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 the temperature is getting hotter. Israel's getting ready. It's very ripe to fall. And then in verse 20, And Menahem exacted the money from Israel and from all the very wealthy, from each man 50 shekels of silver, to give to the king of Assyria. Notice, so the king of Assyria turned back and did not stay there in the land. So they paid him off, is really what they did. And so now, instead of the people giving money, they're having to give it involuntarily to keep their enemies pacified and away from them, instead of using that money for their families and for the things of the temple or the things of God. Now they're just using their money to pay off their enemies so that they go away and they don't destroy them. And that's what Menahem did. He exacted money from the people. Now the rest of the Acts, verse 21, of Menahem are, and, and all that he did, are they not written in the chronicles of the kings of Israel? I guess they are, but we don't really know much about it. And that's okay. So Menahem rested with his fathers, and then Pekahiah, his son, reigned in his place. In the 50th year, verse 23, of Azariah, king of Judah. And so this Azariah from Judah, he's, he's, he's having this really long reign, and all the time he's having this long reign, there's all this turnover in the northern tribes, just people only serving for a half a year, a half a year, 10 years, two years, you know, and, and they're just getting, it's just a mess. It's just a mess. So in the 50th year, verse 23, of Azariah, or Uzziah, king of Judah, Pekahiah, the son of Menahem, became king over Israel in Samaria. He reigned two years. So he reigned from 742 to 740 B.C., only two years. And notice the familiar refrain. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who had made Israel to sin. Copy and paste. Copy and paste. And then Pekah, the son of Remaliah. An officer of his conspired against him and killed him in Samaria, in the citadel of the king's house, along with Argob and Arai. 
And with him were fifty men of Gilead. He killed him and reigned in his place. Now the rest of the acts of Pekahiah and all that he did, indeed they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel. And so verse 27, in the fifty-second year, fifty-second year of Azariah, king of Judah, Pekah, the son of Remaliah, became king over Israel in Samaria, and he reigned twenty years. So finally the guy's there for a little bit. And uh, Pekah was the 8th dynasty in Israel, and he reigned from 752 to 732 B.C., a total of 20 years. And notice verse 28, the familiar refrain of the chorus that we're singing tonight. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord, and he did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. And verse 29, this is the one I had you um, circle as well. In the days of Pekah... King of Israel, Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, came and took Eljan, abel beth Maacah, Genoa, Kadesh, Hazor, Gilead, and Galilee, all the land of Naphtali, and he carried them captive to Assyria. So now you've got Tiglath-Pileser in the northern part of Israel, up around the Galilee region, and along the eastern side, uh, from your perspective looking at me, you know, all of around the Galilee area, around the Sea of Galilee, and then over on this side, over on Gilead, he took them all captive. And at that point, you would think, <laughs> you know, it, it'd be a pretty good, pretty good cause to turn back to God now, don't you think, when they see that these things are happening? If, if I were them, I'd say, you know what, God's got our attention, we're done here, uh, God forgive us, and they start bowing down to him and repenting in ashes and sackcloth, you'd think that they would do that, but they didn't. And the final blow was coming. We're going to read about it later, but the final blow is going to come because later on we're going to see Shalmaneser V, the fifth of Assyria in 722. He's going to besiege Samaria. He's going to go even further south from up where he took, you know, uh, Tiglath-Pileser, he took all of this, and then his successor, you know, comes in, Shalmaneser V, and he's going to go further south, and he's going to take the capital of Israel, and he's going to besiege it for three years. He's going to surround it and try to starve them out, and ultimately, he succeeds in the siege, and they take the rest of the northern, the, the people of, of the northern tribes, takes them captive, and, and then they're finished. They're finished. Verse 30. Then Hosea, the son of Elah, had a conspiracy against Pekah, the son of Remaliah, and struck and killed him. So he reigned in his place in the 20th year of Jotham, the son of Uzziah. So this Hosea, which we're going to talk about later on, you can see him on the screen. That was the very ninth dynasty and final king of Israel before they are finally taken captive when Shalmaneser V comes in and leads them out, and they were brutal. They would lead them out by fish hooks. They would take and, and line them up and put hooks in their, in their mouth down through the bottom of their jaw, and they would lead a chain of these people to uh, Assyria in that fashion. They were brutal, brutal, the Assyrians. They had a reputation for being brutal, and God was chastening his people. Now the rest of the acts of Pekah and all that he did, indeed they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel. And finally we come to a pretty decent king. <laughs> in fact, 
Jotham, uh, there's some things written about him, but there's nothing really terribly bad about him. He's one of the better kings of, of Judah. Uh, we're going to see a really great king coming up in Judah right before the lights go out for Judah. God sends one bright light. And I love that about God. When things look like everything is just ready to fall, you know, he, he did this in, uh, well, with Israel. He just allowed their light to, they didn't really have a light to begin with, but whatever light was on, it was very dim, and it got dimmer and dimmer and just smashed it, and it was over with. But with, with Judah... They continued to sink, and there were times where they had revival. And then finally, and just not too far from here, God is going to bring a young man by the name of Josiah by name, and he's going to be a reformer king. He's going to basically kick everything out to the curb. He's going to clean out the temple. He's going to do all this stuff, and Israel is going to have a glory day. The only time it's been that good was probably when Solomon was reigning in his first years, when, I, when, when, the, when the kingdom was united and everything was going really well josiah restores and he does this great thing and it's so wonderful and it's almost like oh thank god it's finally happening but after he dies bam right into darkness they go and god takes them out of there but he gives them a light this is what it could be like but you would not you would not so in the second year we're coming close here to the end in the second year of Pekah, the son of Remaliah, king of Israel, Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, began to reign. So Jotham's official reign was from 750 to 735 B.C. And he was a bright light, a bright light like I said, for Judah. Not like Josiah, of course. He was probably the brightest light. But the Bible doesn't have really any indictments against him other than the fact that he, didn't leave, uh, he left the high places for the people to worship on and burn incense on. But other than that, the Bible makes no other mention of anything bad. So he started off pretty good, and he ended fairly well. He, he wasn't one of these guys who started off and, and ended horribly. He was 25 years old, verse 33, when he became king, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He did according to all that his father Uzziah had done, however... And I love this. God, God is so honest. He's like, you know, he's a, he was a good guy. He did well, but he, he didn't go all the way. <laughs> he could have done better. Josiah's going to take care of that. But he's like, he did okay. But he didn't remove the high places. The people still sacrificed and burned incense in the high places. But he built the upper gate of the house of the Lord. Now the rest of the acts of Jotham and all that he did, are they not written in the books of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? Well, yes, they are. And you might want to write in the margin of your Bible next to verse 36, 2 Chronicles 27, because you can read all about Jotham and uh, about his life there, more information there. So in those days, the Lord began to send Reason, uh, king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah, against Judah. So now... Judah, because of their sin, Israel is already like a cooked duck, and, and they know that their time is, is, is coming to a close. But now, um, Pekah, the son of Remaliah, he's coming against Judah, and so is the king of Syria. Not Assyria, but Syria, Reason, the, the king of Syria. Now they're both coming against him. And so the war drums start pounding against, uh, against Judah. And so Jotham, verse 38, 
rested with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, his father. And then Ahaz, his son, reigned in his place. And Ahaz, as you know, you know, Jotham was a fairly decent king. How is it that his son was such a horrible mess? He was one of the worst kings that, that ever occurred. Uh, Ahaz, one of the worst kings. And you would think that Ahaz might repent and things might turn around for Judah and Jerusalem, but he continued in the sins of his forefathers, and ultimately this would ultimately lead them into captivity as well, because we know that as Israel would go into captivity in 722, Judah and Jerusalem would be sieged by Nebuchadnezzar in 606 BC. For 20 years, they'll besiege Jerusalem, trying to starve them out. For 20 years, and in that time, three deportments of Jews would go to Babylon. Daniel would go to Babylon out of that. And so would Ezekiel would go into And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those are their Babylon names. They, they went to, and many others... And then finally, after that 20-year siege, they said, enough of this. We're going to burn it and kill everybody and take everybody else captive. And that's exactly what they did in 586 when Nebuchadnezzar finally came and the Babylonians. And so Judah didn't learn from their sisters up north. And so it's important for us, you know, that there's a good lesson in here for us. Learn from those around you. You know, learn from the mistakes of others. Your own mistakes, certainly, but as you watch the lives of others and you see their mistakes, it'd be really silly for us not to take heed to that, right? We all have family and friends who make, make bad choices. Pay attention. Pay attention to all those around you and, say, and, and, and learn what they did. And say, you know what, I don't want to do that. Talk to them about it. <laughs> what happened? How'd you get here? Well, so-and-so happened. You know, it's good for us to learn. And Judah didn't learn. And God brought judgment upon them, but he wasn't going to destroy them forever. He allowed them, many of them died, certainly, but he led them captive, and they were there for 70 years until God brought them back into their land under the direction of Ezra and Nehemiah, and they rebuilt the temple after it was destroyed, 70 years later. But let's learn. You know, don't be a, a stubborn mule when it comes to things around you. Learn from people, learn from your friends, learn from yourself, and try not to make the same mistakes over and over again. Because we do, don't we? It's really kind of sad. And so um, let's be learning and, and, and grow in that way. Let's stand together and we'll pray. And Lord, we, we thank you for these passages, although they're not easy to read, and there's certainly um, a lot of history here, Father, but uh, there's things that we can learn. And Lord, I pray that uh, just as we've already spoken, Lord, that we would learn and that we wouldn't be like Israel, Lord. And yet all of us, we're, we're all the same. We tend to do the same things over and over again. We tend to not learn the way we ought to. And Lord, I pray for myself and my brothers and sisters, Lord. Um, teach us in your way, Lord. Lead us in the way of everlasting. Search our hearts. See if there be any wicked way in us. And Lord, for me, I know you don't have to look very hard. But when you do it, Lord, help us to acknowledge it and move on and, and turn from those things, Lord. So have your way with us tonight, Lord. I pray you'd bless my brothers and sisters and get them home safely and bless their day tomorrow, Father. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
That's the end of our lesson for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 2 Kings. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office you can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.